love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. You never want to stop thinking or loving that person. You know, keep them alive. Um, and, you know, life will just, it will work out itself. You will find happiness in some form. But I just really encourage people to, to have that hope to keep going. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. This week's love story belongs to Marissa and Anthony, teen sweethearts who married young and welcomed three beautiful daughters over nine years of marriage. But when Anthony died at 36, Marissa was left with intense grief and the responsibility of helping her young kids through the pain. Recently, though, a nostalgic search for an old car of Anthony's that was his prized possession went viral. And the rest of the story is incredible. Enjoy. Hi, Marissa. Great to talk to you. Nice to talk to you as well. I'm so excited to share this story of yours. And I know that it involves the love of a car, but I think we should start with the human love. Yes, absolutely. Tell me about your story. So Anthony and I met quite young. I was uh, 16 years old. He was 19. We both worked at a local grocery store in our neighborhood, um, as did many of the teenagers uh, that lived around there. And, um, you know, it was it to be honest, it was love at first sight. We started dating right. I was about 16 years old and um, we dated for over nine years. (laughs) <laughs> and went strong for a total of nine years. Wow. It was uh, <laughs> it was quite amazing considering how young we started. Um, and then we got married. I was still pretty young, about 25 years old. And uh, we were married for about nine years as well. So 18 years spent with Anthony. Wow, that is amazing. And do you remember the first time you met him in the grocery store, was it? So I didn't actually meet him at the grocery store. I I had met him uh, through his sister who I had gone to elementary school with. So he would often come back to the elementary school that we all went to and he'd visit his sister. He was three years older than me. And uh, it's funny because a bunch of us in the class, um, we all had crushes on him. He was our friend's older brother and it just drove her crazy. Uh, And then we started working together at at the grocery store and my crush continued. And then, you know, it just kind of, we, we both opened up about it. And from that point on, it, it's the relationship started. Oh, that's fantastic. And it you were married, you said, for nine years. Yes. And you had three kids during that time? We did. Yes. So we got married uh, in 2002. Uh, and then about four years later, had our first child. Uh, and then two and a half years after that, had a set of twins. <laughs> Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So you had a busy life. We definitely did. Yes, it was very busy. And what were you driving when you had all these kids? So when we, before we had our first, I had been driving a um, Honda Civic and Anthony had um, his uh, CRX. Um, And this was before I, I knew I was pregnant. And then when I 
got pregnant, we realized, okay, we've got to buckle down and, and really make some smart choices with our vehicles now. So um, I ended up uh, switching to a Honda CRV. So we had a, you know, an SUV in, in the family and just felt more comfortable knowing that, you know, we had space for a car seat and, a, and you know, our growing family. And at that point, Anthony had um, already sold his his CRX that he had been driving. Um, and I believe he had purchased another type of Honda, but it was still, you know, not, you know, the, the family size car because I took care of that with with the CRV. Okay, so t- tell me about that CRX. How how much did it mean to him and or you? Yeah, so so Anthony uh, obviously he he loved cars and um, he was also an auto mechanic. So you know throughout his life he he did own quite a few cars. It was easy for them to to buy cars, fix them, sell them. Um, and the CRX though that was one of his um, favorite vehicles, and and it was just his his pride and joy. He had put so much work into the car. Um, he had. He had made it his own. And what I mean by that is the color that he chose to paint the car really did kind of define, you know, it it basically was one of those things that stood out. So everyone knew that that car belonged to him. It was this interesting orange saffron color that he had chosen. And uh, because of that, um, you you could spot him on the road anywhere you were, you knew that that was Anthony. So not only the color, but it was, it was his, he was a Honda guy. He loved Hondas. Um, but by far the CRX is, is one of, was one of his favorites. And if you speak to people today that owned a CRX, it's amazing to hear the passion that comes from, from these people. It's, there's so much, there's so much love for this vehicle. And I've learned that just throughout this process um, of looking for this car, that it just amazes me. And, and if you find one today, they're rare, and they're, they're actually going up in value, which is incredible to know after 30 years of this car being around. If, if, you know, all things had gone well, you would have been on this podcast together telling me this story. But of course, that's impossible. And I'd love for you to just share with us the next chapter, which I know was really uh, brutally hard. Yes. Yep. Um, It, uh, it was definitely something that, you know, no one would ever imagine having to go through at such a young age. So I would say we were obviously nine years married at this point. Um, We had the three girls. Um, The girls were the oldest was at the time, uh, five years old, and the twins were two and a half. Um, I should actually rewind a little bit when the twins turned one years old, and Sienna would have been, you know, around three. Anthony was diagnosed with liver cancer, which came as a shock because Anthony was quite healthy. Um, He was the kind of guy that never got the common cold, you know, never had the flu. Um, He was he was generally healthy, didn't drink, didn't smoke. um, And one day just um, had some odd pains, looked into it, and he ended up finding out that he had liver cancer. Um, so just a shock to us all. And of Mm -hmm. course, you know, you're, you're, you're fearful of what's next, but um, he was able to have uh, the surgery and, um, you know, they told him everything was okay at this point. Um, so we are trying to kind of get back on our feet, try to, you know, move forward with our lives. Um, at that point, we actually started to look into um, uh, designing a, a new custom built home. Um, we had purchased a home that we were planning to tear down and rebuild. So in the process of that happening, um, we were six months post-surgery and he had done um, another CAT scan and realized that the cancer had come back. 
And at this point, it was just treatment after treatment. So really, all in all, it was about a year from start to um, when we lost him, about a year and a half, actually, from when he had the surgery to when uh, he had passed away. Um, they had tried everything, every treatment possible. But unfortunately, this uh, the cancer was quite aggressive. Um, and, and it was just, you know, any, any cancer patient um, knows that it's, it's one of those things where you're fighting against time, you know, like you're trying mm -hmm. everything you possibly can to to survive. And uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the case for Anthony. The love and support that you're met with is also an anesthetic to some extent to your pain, right? Because yep. it's it's overwhelming when yep. you when you realize how much support there is for you, as I'm sure there was for you. There, there absolutely was. And not just from from my immediate family, but just my friends, my close friends and, and the people that were, you know, stood by me from from the very beginning until today. And just, you know, little things like knowing that you could see someone for a few hours on the weekend. Those are the types of things that I would look forward to just to get me through those dark days. And and that's what my friends did for me. You know, they'd always manage to to plan something with me and just kind of keep me looking ahead. Amazing. Okay. But at some point you looked back and thought about that old CRX. <laughs> you know, that CRX was was thought about quite a, f a few times over the course of the last decade. We lost Anthony in 2011, and and that that CRX has come up in many conversations, especially with with you know his friends. And he was an auto mechanic, and his best friend and business partner um, told me himself that he had tried to look for that car over the years, hoping it would pop up on you know Auto Trader or, or Kijiji. And few people said they had seen it over the years, but but no one had actually you know pursued. Uh, you know, the, the, the search um, until, until recently. And, and it's funny how it, it came from someone that I would have at least, least expected it to come from. And it was Anthony's cousin um, who brought it up to me and just said to me, Hey, what if we just start looking for that orange CRX? They thought, <laughs> okay. Uh, but in my mind, I thought people have tried, you know, people that are car enthusiasts, you know, CRX, fans and people that I know would love to own that car again have tried looking. So I thought, you know, his cousin, Julia, you know, she's not a car person, but I said, good luck. You know, you, you can absolutely start looking. I, I don't know where you would start, but <laughs> anything I can do to help. You weren't that hopeful. I wasn't only because, you know, it's been, it's been 20 years since he sold the car. <laughs> um, and I thought at this point, you know, if, if, if the people that were looking for it in the past haven't found it, you know, what are the chances that we will so much, so many years later? And this is where the investigative work starts, <laughs> I guess. Tell yeah. me this crazy story. So it was a whirlwind. So um, she had reached out to me uh, mid-January with this with this idea. Um, and all she wanted from me was his license. And, you know, it, she, she thought, let's go back to the insurance company that once insured that car. Maybe they can help us. We need to find the VIN. I thought, well, I don't know how we're going to find the VIN. I have his license, which was another process for me to have to go through old documents. And because and, oh, yeah. I keep all of that kind of safely put away. And so that was an emotional process. But I thought, I'm going to do this for her. And as I was doing that, I started to I started to get a little bit I was getting motivated. I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to help her with this. So I thought, OK, so we've got the license and maybe a few people were telling us you can you can run some uh, Ministry of Transportation uh, reports to look back at, you know, who's owned the car. But we still need the VIN number. That's that's what's missing here. Mm -hmm. So 
for some strange reason, and I'm still friends with the with the guy that Anthony sold the car to, uh, at least I'm connected to him on Instagram. And I just thought I'd reach out and I asked him, his name is Mario. And I said, Mario, do you know anything about that car and how we could how we could start looking for it? He still had the ownership because he loved that car so much. Oh, <laughs> so, oh his old papers. He, he just he's had it tucked away. He's like, wait a second. I have the ownership because oh, I have the VIN. So wow. from there, we took the information and I have to say, Julia, his Anthony's cousin is who led this whole search process. She's the one who went out to the Facebook groups. She looked into, you know, CRX Ontario and um, a bunch of different car enthusiast groups. And she, she put this post out with all this information, a photo of Anthony with the car and now the VIN number. And I would say maybe three, four or five days in, um, she got a call from Global News wanting to to help with the search and wanting to cover the story. So great. Yeah. So <laughs> we're realizing this is getting a lot more attention than we ever would have imagined. Yeah. And, and that was when I started thinking, wow, like this, this is I would never have expected, you know, this being covered by by a, a news, you know, a news station. But. Once that happened, I feel as though it opened a few more doors for us because people saw the um, the, the segment. And uh, from there, I, I would say not even three days after it aired, we found the car. And there is a lot that happened in between. <laughs> but to give you a very quick synopsis, when we ran the report for um, with the VIN number, we were only able to get up to the last registered owner, and it was 2008. So wow. I thought, well, there's lots of, you know, like, it, it, and, and it's interesting because he explained to us, you know, he sold it in 2008. So he had, he didn't have it for a very long time or maybe 2009. So he had it for about a year um, and we were able to track him down, speak to him. And he told us that unfortunately he had painted the car. So that made the search a little more difficult. So what color car were you looking for now? So now we're looking for an electric blue colored oh, car. Wow. <laughs> the plot thickens. <laughs> the plot thickens. So we had to update all of the information on our social pages. And uh, what's interesting is not only was it painted blue, but after being in the hands of a few more owners after him, uh, which we had to track down. And it was, all, it was all through word of mouth because none of these owners had registered the vehicle after 2008. So it was literally, he passed us on to the next owner. We managed to contact him. He told us he had sold it to this person. So that's that's really what it ended up coming down to was word of mouth and continuing to post information on these Facebook groups. And people recognized the blue vehicle because it had a very distinct lime green painted engine bay. So that's what made it stand out now. And it literally came down to, I think, the last person who owned that car, and this was someone that reached out on Facebook, said um, he he lives in and around this area in in um, in Toronto. And so now we're in it. We're, we don't have a location. We have just an intersection. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's just getting so anyways, it just from there, someone was able to tell us that they have they were called seeing this vehicle, this colored vehicle, the CRX in a parking lot at this location, this intersection that we had. So I had a couple of friends do a Google Earth search and lo and behold, the vehicle has been parked behind a mechanic shop at the intersection that we had we had narrowed it down to. And it has been parked there for two and a half years. So you could see it actually in the, on the Google Earth camera? 
You could yes. actually see the, oh my gosh, that's From crazy. different angles, you could see. <laughs> and, and obviously, because it's been parked there for so long, it, it was literally recorded on Google Earth for the last two years. So it was, it, you know, it was easy to find that way. Um, and that same day that we did the Google Earth search, I had a couple of friends drive to the location and um, match the bin for me. So they were able to look in the car because it's an abandoned car now in a, in, a, in a parking lot and doors were open and you could go right into it. And here it is. And, and there's a VIN number and it matched. They must have been so excited when they matched that the moment, VIN. Yes, that moment. And actually at that moment, I was on FaceTime with, with these two friends that did this for me because it was a Sunday night and I couldn't leave the girls. And they they got to the location. They, they FaceTimed me. They did a tour of the car. They showed me the VIN number. I'm like hysterical. But this is where it got really emotional. So as uh, a friend of mine was panning around the car, obviously the vehicle looks nothing like it did. It's electric blue. It's run down. It's, it's missing. Par- it has no parts. It's, it's basically a shell. of a vehicle but there were these stickers on the window of the car that anthony had put there over 20 years ago they were a a a car it was a car part it was called um ibok is the company name but they were these special springs that they put in these cars um and i recall i mean i still have photos of anthony with the car and these and these stickers these um, decals on the windows they are still on the car 20 years later after so many owners and it was eerie to me. I thought, Oh my goodness, like how have those not been removed? But this car has been completely, you know, changed. So that was that last detail that really, I mean, the VIN number confirmed it all, but to me, that was a sign from Anthony saying, I'm right here. (laughs) You found me. I was just going to say it was a CRX SI, right? It was. Yes. So, I think SI has got to stand for spiritual intervention. Oh my goodness. I've never thought of it that way. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was going to say to you, do you believe in coincidence? Because oh this is a goodness. lot of coincidence happening here. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. So when did you first see the car? I mean, other than on Facebook, on FaceTime. Yes. So that very next day. So I think it was about, I'd say closer to the end of January at this point, maybe I'm not sure of the exact date, but it was a Monday. Uh, We drove to the location and uh, we saw the car. Um, And it turns out that the gentleman that purchased the car owned the mechanic shop where the car was parked. Um, So we, we spoke to him um, and just tried to understand what his plans were for the car because it's been sitting there for, for a couple of years and clearly nothing's been done. So he did have plans to, to, you know, restore it, but never got around to it. Um, so, you know, we asked him, you know, would you be willing to give this car up? We'd love to buy this car from you. And he was a bit hesitant at the beginning because he wasn't really sure. He didn't know the story that had already, you know, aired in, on, on Global News. And we told him this is the story and this car, you know, has so much more sentimental value to us than I'm sure it would to you sitting here in this parking lot. So, you know, he gave it some thought and then we left him. We thought, you know, you just think about it. Uh, and then we showed up the very next day and, and he graciously gave us the car because he was just so overwhelmed with, with the emotions of the story and, um, and he wanted us to have it. That is amazing. Why don't you tell me his name? We might as well give him a shout out. Yes, his name is uh, Nathan Siva and he works at, it's called a Mobile One uh, Lube Express um, shop uh, in um, just in the greater Toronto area. And, and so uh, he gave you the car, gave us the car, handed over the ownership and gave us the car. 
it was how does that moment feel it's so emotional it was I did not expect him to do that I I and and then not that we had even approached him in that way we were willing to pay whatever the car was worth to him but um you know he apparently he had a similar story obviously not having lost somebody but there was a car that him and his wife uh had sold once and and they still talk about to this day and they wish they never had and he thought you know that your story really resonated with me and and he he really wanted us to have it so it was just surreal and and the girls were with me which was such a beautiful moment um to receive that wow and are they going to fight over who gets to drive it first <laughs> i think we're all going to fight over who gets to drive this car well they're going to have to learn how to drive standard so that might sway them a little bit that's good that's good for you Marissa, yes, <laughs> don't teach them how to drive a standard and you'll have it to yourself okay so you've created an instagram feed detailing now how you're bringing it back to life yes i have and and it's 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 actually been quite a fun process for me i mean i i have to say it's another full-time job because there's so <laughs> much uh, there's has been so many overwhelming responses to the page um people wanting to help with you know donating parts to the car wanting to to follow along in the restoration so i i, I feel this I, I just it, it motivates me more when people are you know excited to see what's what's coming next. But I felt this was the best platform for us to kind of document the journey. Um, and you know, given that that's where most of our friends and family are, and then of course it, the the car community is is out there. So it's just easy to to, to get on there and, and follow along. But um, we started it immediately after we got the car. You know, I posted some videos of of the car coming home. Um, and I say coming home, it's been, it's been brought back to Anthony's uh, mechanic shop, which is, you know, that's also kind of serendipitous <laughs> that it's back where, you know, it, it started. Um, so now it's, it's there and uh, we've been going in, you know, every couple of um, every other weekend to start kind of the, the process. And it's, it's a big undertaking. The car is in pretty rough shape. Um, mechanically, you know, I've got a lot of people that are happy to help. But the body is is one of the, the biggest challenges right now because it's quite rusted out and, and it needs to be repaired in order for it to be safe. So that's where we're at now. And um, the, the nice thing is, though, is as we're dismantling parts of the car and the last thing we did this past weekend was take the doors off. You can see a little remnant of the orange saffron pe <laughs> peeking through, and everybody that's uh, that saw that last post is like they're just all, oh my gosh, I'm feeling so emotional right now, and I'm like, well, we're gonna bring it back. Can you match that color? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's. I've looked the color up, um, and it's still you can find it online, the paint coat and everything. So, and given that there's still the color is still on the car. I'm sure we could we could actually match to what's there, but it, it still exists. Do you want to? Absolutely. Yeah, it, that color is coming back. It's coming back. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I love the response. Like the thing that occurs to me is that it's been a vehicle for human kindness. Yes, it really, truly has. I love how you put that. It. Um, I feel like given, you know, this past year and, and, you know, there's just been so much negativity and, you know, it's just everyone is just hungry for, for some great stories and great news and, and the people that have rallied around the story as well. I mean, one thing that I didn't mention was um, once we, once we were able to get the car back at the shop, a lot of people were saying to us, you know, in order to restore this vehicle, you, you should look into a donor car and this is all new 
these are new types of, you know, lingo for me because I'm not, I am not a car person. So I'm like, what's a donor car? Well, the best, your best bet is to find a donor car that you can literally take all the parts out of and put into your car rather than trying to source everything individually because this car is 20 years old. And it's very difficult to find the parts. Right. So that's what we start, we set out to do. And within 24 hours, um, we had someone reach out and tell us, I think I have exactly what you need. Um, we, we purchased the car from this gentleman uh, and he then took the uh, proceeds of um, the purchase and he donated to a mental health charity, oh, which was on. a beautiful story in and of itself as well. So wow. that just got everybody so inspired. And it's just I just feel like there's so much good around this. It's it's less about just us bringing this car back and more about, you know, people just kindness. You're absolutely right. That's exactly where this is. This is gone. It's just been incredible. I think that's just an amazing story. And I I can't wait to see it restored. I know people are going to want to follow this on Instagram. So the handle for the Instagram account is Anthony's CRX. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. If if anyone's listening that's gone through any kind of loss, maybe lost a partner in their lives, lost anyone really, the one thing that I would want to say is, um, you know, no matter how difficult the journey is, the one thing I found that was was um, important for me was to accept the grief and to allow it to happen um, because uh, you want to feel and you, you never want to stop thinking or loving that person, you know, keep them alive. Um, and, you know, life will just it will work out itself. You will find happiness in some form. But I just really encourage people to to have that hope to keep going um, because because it's 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 not an easy journey, but um you will pull through it. Marissa, you are amazing. And I can tell that you deserve all the happiness you have. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit CharmDiamondCenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. This podcast is made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter.